It's better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. You're listening to an audio teaching from Cross Connection Church Houston. We're a small church located in Pasadena, Texas, and it is our mission to save the lost, equip the saved, serve both the lost and saved, and to send the equipped. To this end, we teach through the Bible on a verse-by-verse basis, starting at the beginning of a book and working until the end. If you would like to learn more about our church, you can find us at connectedtojesus.org or check us out on Facebook at Cross Connection Church Houston. We pray that this teaching would grow you in the grace and love of Jesus Christ our Lord. For the past few weeks, we've been looking at examples of faith of men and women from Hebrews chapter 11. And the most recent example of faith has come from Abraham and Sarah. And, you know, they were willing to to take this giant leap of faith and go and follow a new direction that God had given them. They were willing to leave their family, leave their comforts, leave their country, uh, leave their home, leave all that they knew all that they loved, uh, all that they were familiar with to follow God's call. Uh, And that was just such a a large step of faith that we saw from them. And, you know, like Abraham and Sarah, I'm sure that many of you have had God call you to take steps of faith, call you to, to new things. I know in my own life, there have been several times that God has called me to take large steps of faith to, to different ministries, uh, to different places, and even to different countries. Uh, and each time God has called me to follow His direction, especially in His direction where He's leading me to something new, He has used two main verses to encourage me, two main verses that He used to really help me to take this step of faith that he was calling me to do. And those two verses are in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And I want us to to look at these verses this morning because as we continue through Hebrews chapter 11 in the weeks to come and we see you know more and more examples of people of faith that we're being called to emulate and follow you know what we're going to see here in Proverbs 3 5 and 6 is is very practical practical things that we can do to help us to be able to be like the Abrahams and Sarahs and the the Enochs and the Noahs and the Abels and and these people that we're looking at and you know well how do we do this? How do we follow God in this way? How do we take these steps of faith? We're going to see some practical steps here from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that I think are going to be very helpful for us. And as we look at these verses, I'm going to share with you some of my own personal experiences of how God has used these two verses to to help me take uh, steps of faith both in the past and also now in the present. And so let's start by reading these two verses and see what they're sharing with us and, and how they can help us to be those who are willing to take steps of faith when God calls us to do that. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. So in these three verses, we really have three challenges of things the author is telling us to do. First, we're challenged to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Second, to lean not on our own understanding. And third, to acknowledge God in all 
our ways. And notice that the result of doing these three things is that God will direct our paths. God will direct our life. And so if you want God's direction in your life, if you want help following God's direction in your life, then the three things that we see here in these verses are so important for us to apply to our life. Now, I want you to note that the uh, focus of these three things is God, not us. You know, when we're, we're focusing on, all right, whose direction am I ultimately wanting in life? And hopefully as believers in Jesus, we would say, I want the direction of the Lord, not my own. And this is what we're seeing here with these three challenges. Notice we're told, trust in the Lord, not in yourself. Lean on God's understanding, not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God, not yourself. You see, three of the biggest hindrances that keep us from being directed by God, three of the biggest hindrances that keep us from following the direction of God is the fact that we often trust in ourselves instead of God. We often lean on our own understanding instead of leaning on God's understanding. We often acknowledge ourselves instead of acknowledging God. Now, I'm sure all of us are guilty of this. I know that I've been guilty of this many times in my Christian walk. And the real challenge is how do we change? How do we change from being someone who trusts in ourselves to being someone who trusts in God? From being someone who leans on our own understanding to being someone who leans on God's understanding? From being someone who acknowledges ourself to being someone who acknowledges God? Well, those are some of the main things that I want to share with you this morning. I want to give you some practical ways that you can trust God instead of yourself, practical ways you can lean on His understanding instead of your own, and practical ways that you can acknowledge Him instead of yourself. And I'm convinced that if you apply these things to your life, you're going to have two results. God's direction is going to be more clear, and your ability to follow that direction is going to be easier. And that is what I have discovered as I've applied these verses in my own life. God has definitely helped me to discover his direction, but also to be able to take those steps of faith and follow it. So first, let's look at trusting God with all of our hearts. And I think there's two things I want you to note about the kind of trust that God wants from us. So he's telling us to trust, but but what kind of trust is this verse kind of speaking about? And the, the first kind of trust that God wants from us is a complete trust. We're told in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. It doesn't say with part of it or some of it or most of it. Trust the Lord with all your heart. You see, God wants us to have a complete trust in Him with every area of our life. Here's something important to understand. If you want God's direction in every area of your life, you need to trust God in every area of your life. Those things go hand in hand. Sometimes it's like, well, Lord, yeah, I want your direction in this area, but but I'm not willing to trust you in this area. And it doesn't work that way. You have to trust him if you want the direction from him. Now, I'm sure that most of us here trust God in some areas of our life. But if you're anything like me, you've just struggled with trusting God with every area of your life. You've struggled with giving God that complete trust. And I think one of the main reasons it's hard for you and hard for me to trust God with all our hearts and lives is because we often have a very general trust in God 
instead of a personal trust in God. Which brings us to the second kind of trust that, that God wants from us. God wants us to have a personal trust in Him. I'm sure that all of us who have been walking with the Lord for any given time could say, yeah, you know what, I have a general trust in God. I trust that God's all-powerful. I trust He's all-knowing. I trust He is faithful. I trust He is able to provide in a general way. You know, I really have never really struggled with believing these things about God generally. My struggle has been believing these things about God personally. Oh yeah, God can provide for others, but can He provide for me? Oh, God can do miracles with others, but can He do it with me? Oh, God can take care of these situations with others, but can He do it with me? You see, once it becomes personal and no longer general of God's general ability, but now is that ability going to impact my life personally? All of a sudden, I think we often struggle with having that same kind of trust. If I were to ask you, do you believe God provides? Do you believe that God does great things through people's lives? Do you believe that God can do the impossible? I would hope that all of us would say, well, yeah, we believe that because we know the Bible teaches that. But the real test of our trust in God is how do you respond when your life's on the line? You see, we often say we believe God can do all these different things. But when God says, I want you to put your life on the line. I want you to put your belief into action. I want you to trust me with your life. We're often not willing to do that. See, God wants to bring each one of us to a place where we completely trust Him with our lives. And the thing that we need to understand is, is that kind of trust doesn't just happen overnight. It's not like today you don't have that trust and tomorrow you're going to. This is a trust that is built through relationship that is intimate with Jesus. You know, it doesn't just come about knowing someone. It comes through personally knowing them intimately. It becomes because you have spent so much personal time with them. You know, this is really how all of our relationships are. You know, think about the people that you trust in your life. I can be confident as you think through that list that not one person on the list of the people that you trust is a stranger. Not one person is someone that you don't know very well. You know, the people that you trust are those that you have a relationship with. And the people you trust the most are those the ones you have the deepest and most intimate relationships with. You know, for example, I trust my wife Jenny more than any other person in this world. And one of the reasons that I trust her more than anyone else is because I know her more intimately than anyone else. I know that she loves me. I know that she wants what's best for me. I know that she has my interest in mind. And because I know Jenny so intimately, I know these wonderful things about her. It enables me to trust her more than I would trust those who I don't know in that same deep way. You know, there are many Christians who know a lot of things about Jesus. They've come to church. They've heard teachings about Jesus. They've read some things about Jesus. You know, they could tell you some facts about Jesus, but they really don't know him very personally. They don't know him intimately because they haven't spent much personal time with him. They haven't grown that relationship of intimacy with him. And so it's really difficult to trust him when their life is on the line. 
Because now all of a sudden it's like, well, this kind of stranger is asking me to do this big thing, and I don't know if I really trust that stranger. And there's only one real remedy. you got to take the, the stranger and you got to make him a, 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 a relationship of intimacy, of closeness. You see, Jesus is always available. He's always wanting to spend time with us. The only reason that relationship doesn't develop is because of us. Because we're not willing to spend the time. We're not willing to invest. And so the more we invest in that relationship, the more we spend time with the Lord, the more personal it becomes, the more intimate it becomes. And when he asks us to take these steps of faith, all of a sudden the trust level that we have in him increases because that relationship increases. I've discovered this to be very true in my life. As my relationship with the Lord has deepened over the years, my willingness and ability to take steps of faith, to trust the Lord and what He's calling me to do, have definitely deepened. You know, really the first time in my life that God used Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to kind of help me trust Him, help me, you know, take a step of faith that was difficult for me, was back when I graduated from high school. You know, I felt that God was leading me to go to Calvary Chapel School of Evangelism, and so I applied, but I had two big problems. Uh, I didn't have any money to pay for the school, and I didn't have a car at the time, and so I had no way to get to the school. And in my mind, uh, at that time, those were insurmountable problems. You know, I didn't think that God could meet that need. I didn't think that God could provide you know, the tuition. I didn't think that God could provide a way for me to get to school. And then I read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And God used those verses just to encourage me to trust Him. A week before school is about to start, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, it's a week left. This is never going to happen. All of a sudden, my friend Cody, he gives me a call and he tells me, I've decided to go to the school of evangelism and the Lord just put it on my heart to give you a ride every time. Uh, and so there's one of my problems solved. I have a way to get to the school, but I still had the bigger problem of no money for tuition. And so the day of school arrives and Cody gives me a ride there and I you know, go uh, to the registration counter and I'm expecting them to send me home and they tell me, oh, look, someone has anonymously paid for your first months here. And so I got to go for a month and every single month, the same thing, I go back to the registration, someone's anonymously paid for this next one and this next one and this next one and this next one. And the Lord just kept providing. You know, during that year, I spent a lot of time personally with Jesus, and he just kept showing me, you can trust me. Well, after that, I went to Calvary Chapel's Bible College in California, and for two years, really just you know, had this time away from all the distractions and got to deepen my relationship with the Lord, which just really helped me trust him more. And when I graduated, I felt like God was calling me to be a missionary, but I also felt like, you know what, I need more training before doing that. And so I did a two-year internship at Calvary Chapel's Bible College in Austria, uh, which was focused on missions. And, you know, once again, another great, amazing time of just deepening my relationship with God and Him helping me to trust Him in a much deeper way, which was important. Because after that internship finished, I was 23 years old, and God really put my trust in Him to the test. The Lord made it clear He wanted me to plant a church in Glasgow, Scotland. And that took a, a lot of trust. I'd never done that before. I was 23 years old. I'm thinking this is a, a pretty huge thing to do. And you know what? I had read about God providing for people. I read lots of missionary biographies of God sending out missionaries to the world. 
But you know what? That was different. That was what God did in their life. And now I had to trust that God would do this in my life personally. I was now one of those people that God was telling to go. You know, and I I struggled a bit trusting that God would provide everything I would need, trusting that God would be able to, to enable me to do this. And as I was struggling with that, God brought me back to these two verses in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Once again, trust me. Trust that I'm going to take care of you. And all these times previous to this, it was just a, an added you know, um, reminder of the times that He's already been faithful. But you know, something I love about God is He's always helping us grow where we need it. God knew I was struggling. God knew that this verse really wasn't enough. Like reading that, yeah, Lord, I know I should, but I'm still dealing with the the fears and the struggles of, of taking this big step of faith. And so God's like, I got you. He started opening up doors just to show me I'm moving miraculously. Normally it takes about six months to get a, a missionary visa to Scotland. I got mine in a day. People were starting to contact me saying, we want to support you to do this ministry work in Scotland. And I never even told that I was even going or interesting or praying about that. The Lord just started moving and opening up doors. And he just showed me, hey, I got this. You can trust me. Just go. So I was in that place. Am I going to obey? Am I going to follow him? Am I going to trust him? Am I going to you know, do what he's called me to do? And at 23, I went to Scotland and I planted that church. You know, every time God has shown himself trustworthy in my life, you know, it's just helped me trust him more. I'm sure that's been the case for you as well, that you can look at the past and be more confident in the present of God's trustworthiness. Well, I was pastoring that church in Scotland for several years, and then all of a sudden, here in America, we went through that really bad recession, and that hit churches, it hit tithes, it hit missionaries. And all of a sudden, our main church supporter... And some of our main individual supporters, they say, you know what, we're really sorry, but our ties have dropped or these individuals lost their jobs. And like, we can't support you guys anymore. And so in one month, we lost $1,522. That was about half of our support. And once again, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, if we don't get this support, we're going to have to leave the mission field, leave the work here, leave this church. And I'm starting to freak out a little bit and... As I prayed, once again, God brought me back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I want you to trust me. And it was interesting that I responded better this time than in the past because of that relationship that had developed and that the Lord had been moving many other times. And so during that same month that we got that bad news that we were going to lose all this support, we got calls from these churches and individuals that we didn't know how they connected with us still to this day. Besides the Lord connecting them with us, we have no idea how they knew about us, why they connected to us. They said, we want to support you. And those churches and those individuals and all the support that they gave equaled $1,600 a month, $78 more than when we lost. And we never lost anything. We didn't go a month without anything gone. The Lord just, you know, it was gone. And the next group brought more and we just kept moving forward. And God just showed once again, he's trustworthy personally in my life. And this was important because after 11 years of pastoring in Scotland, God started to move in Jenny and my heart and he started making it clear it was our time in Scotland was coming to an end and that he was going to be moving us to something new. 
And after a few months of us praying for clear direction, God clearly called my family and I to, to pass on the church there in Scotland and to move to Atlanta, Georgia, and to uh, be on pastoral staff at a Calvary Chapel there. And this was a huge challenge of trust. The biggest one yet, leaving this church family that I love, that I've been uh, just pouring into for 11 years, and you know that it was so difficult to depart from. But God made it abundantly clear that my time in Scotland was over, that He was going to provide someone to take over the ministry and continue it, and that He was calling me to take a step of faith and go to Atlanta. And I had to make a choice. Am I going to trust the Lord? Am I going to take this step of faith? And this verse comes back to me. Trust me. Trust what I'm doing. Follow what I'm doing. And the Lord provided a wonderful pastor to take over the church there. And my family and I moved to Atlanta, and I pastored at a Calvary Chapel there. And, you know, after three years there, once again, the Lord moved in Jenny and my heart. It's time to go to a new ministry. And we're first, Jenny and I thought, well, the Lord's moving us back to the mission field. You know, that that's where he's going to take us. And then all of a sudden he surprises us and he directs us to a place that was not on our radar at all, Pasadena, Texas. And so Jenny and I take a short trip out here and, you know, we start meeting with different pastors and talking with people and just kind of wanting to get confirmation that this is where the Lord had us. And, you know, those meetings where some of the pastors weren't helpful at all. They're like, Pasadena, you know, why would you want to go there? You know, those plants, it makes it smell. There's poor people. They're, they listen to all these stupid things like, why in the world would that be a reason not to go and do ministry, not to go and plant a church? Those are just carnal. And so we kind of just ignored that and kept praying and God just confirmed that he wanted us to come here. He wanted us to plant this church. And so once again, the challenge of, are you going to put trust into action? Are you going to follow where I'm leading you? And so we did. We moved our family here. We started this church, and that was almost seven years ago. You know, and I'm so glad in all these different instances that we follow the Lord, I'm so glad that we came here. It's been such a, a privilege and joy to be pastor of this church and to have you as my church family and throughout these past seven years you know the Lord has just once again shown how trustworthy he is and I just think that's something I, I share these stories because I really want you to know that you can trust God with your life you know it's not just oh he does that for me or oh he does that you know for a Billy Graham or for a Paul or for a Peter or, you know he does that for all of us he's trustworthy in all of our lives and I'm confident that when you're willing to completely and personally trust God, not only will he direct you, but it'll also enable you to follow that direction. So the first thing to do in order to receive and help follow God's direction is to trust him with all your heart, to do it with complete and personal trust. And the practical thing that needs to happen is you just got to spend a lot of personal time with God on a daily basis. The second thing I want to practically look at here that the author tells us is we need to lean on God's understanding, not on our own. You know, the Hebrew word translated lean here means to support oneself, to rest upon or to place confidence in someone or something. So the challenge is you don't rest on your own understanding. Don't place confidence in your own understanding. Instead, rest, lean, place your confidence in God's understanding. You know, I think this is one of those areas of our lives where we are often really foolish. 
You know, there are so many times in my life where I've leaned on my own understanding, rested in, had confidence in my own understanding, instead of leaning on the understanding that God reveals in His Word. And the reason that's so foolish is because God's all-knowing, and you and I know so very little in comparison. Now, we might think, oh, I know so much more than, excuse me, so-and-so, or I know so much more than so-and-so, but when you compare your knowledge to God, you can know that you know very, very little in comparison. You know, it's kind of like having a difficult physics question and leaning on your understanding over Albert Einstein's. You know, Albert Einstein was a physics genius, and you and I would be very foolish to think that we knew more about physics than he did. You know, God's a genius in everything. He knows everything. He created everything. And so we are foolish, and even more than that, we are arrogant when we lean on our own understanding, when we place confidence in our understanding over His. Something important to understand is that in every situation, in every circumstance, God's understanding is always right. And I'm sure you've had times in your life, and I have times in my life, where we don't believe that. This can't be right, Lord. This is not the way, trust me, this is the way, my understanding, my direction, what I'm thinking, that's the right way, you're wrong. But when you say it out loud, you realize how arrogant that the created person declares to the creator, you're wrong and I'm right. No, God's always right. If your understanding or my understanding goes against God's understanding, guess what? We're wrong, not him. So the first practical way to grow in leaning on God's understanding is by realizing He knows everything. And so leaning on His understanding is always better than leaning on your own. But here's the reality. Before you can lean on the understanding of God, you have to know what that understanding is so that you can lean on it. Well, how is it that you and I gain that understanding? How is it that you and I can know what the understanding of God is so that we can look and see, does my understanding match up with His? Well, God has revealed His understanding in so many different areas, in so many different ways in His Word. And so the way that we best discover God's understanding is to study the Bible. Read the Bible every single day. But you know what? Just knowing the Bible isn't enough. There's been times in my Christian life where I knew what God's understanding was, but I didn't do it. That's not helpful. Just to have the knowledge is not enough. We must apply the knowledge. And so you have to be willing not only to read, but be willing to do, be willing to apply the things that we're reading. You see, God's word is going to show us his direction, but it's not going to force us to follow it. That's something that we have to choose. We have to say, all right, I see what you're saying, Lord, and I'm going to choose to trust you. I'm going to choose to follow you. I'm going to make that choice because he's not going to force us. We're not robots. He's given us a free will, and he wants us to willingly choose to do what he asks us to do. So the second practical way to grow in leaning on God's understanding is study the Bible and apply what you learn to your life. So the first thing we need to do is trust God with all of our hearts. The second thing is lean on God's understanding, not our own. And the third thing is in all your ways, acknowledge God. 
You know, as we go through life, we're on a journey. That's the idea behind this Hebrew word translated ways. It means literally taking a journey. Figuratively, it's speaking about situations that we encounter as we travel through life. And so as we're traveling through life, the challenge is that we would acknowledge the Lord. This word acknowledge means to acquire knowledge, to be able to discern the various situations that you're in and and what you should do when you encounter them. You know, every day all of us encounter situations and, and circumstances where we need the knowledge of God, where we need God to give us His discernment to know what is it that I should do in this circumstance, whether it's in my marriage or in parenting or, or in the workplace or, or with this difficult individual or with this hard, hard problem that I'm going through. Like, Lord, how, do, how should I respond? What should I do? I need your discernment. I need your knowledge. Acknowledging the Lord, receiving discernment and knowledge from God, that's another way that God directs our life. You see, God wants us to do this in all our ways, in every circumstance. You know, oftentimes we have these really big circumstances and we're like, I got no clue what I'm supposed to do here, God. You know, this person just died and I don't know how to, how to speak to their loved ones or, you know, I have this really horrible thing. I lost my job. And, you know, we, we have these big things where it's like, God, I need discernment. But then in the small stuff, I got this, Lord. I can handle this. And then we so often rely on our own understanding and our own ways and the small stuff. And we kind of look for discernment in the big. But God's saying, no, in everything. In all your ways, acknowledge me. In all your ways, look to me for discernment and direction and knowledge. Now, one of the practical things that we can do to receive knowledge and discernment is the same thing we just looked at in the the last one as well. Study your Bible. God reveals His discernment and knowledge through His Word. And so as we do that, that's a great way to gain that discernment and knowledge. But another practical thing that you and I can do is just ask God. Pray. You can be confident God wants you to have his discernment and knowledge and to act upon it over your own. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know if this prayer is in God's will. Guess what? It's always in God's will to give you his discernment and his knowledge over your own. And so when you're in circumstances, you know, I think just praying a simple prayer doesn't have to be complex. Just Lord, give me your discernment. Give me your knowledge in this circumstance, in this situation. I want to do what you want me to do, not what I would just do in my own wisdom and my own discernment. You see, if you ask God in every situation and circumstance that you face for his discernment, for his knowledge, he's going to help you. He's going to answer that. He's going to give you that discernment and knowledge that you need. So the first practical thing to do to Receive and follow God's direction is to trust Him with all your heart. The second thing is to lean on God's understanding, not your own. And the third thing is in all your ways, acknowledge God. And as you do that, God's direction, will first it will become clear, but also it will be God using those things to help you to actually follow His direction. You know, these two verses in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 have definitely been used Many times in my life, as I shared some of those examples of God using these verses to help me, to remind me of my need to trust, but also to really help me to take those steps when he calls me to do things. And, you know, especially these verses has been used when God has directed me to something new, like when he directed me to plant a church in Scotland. That was a very new thing at 23 
when he directed me to, to leave Scotland after 11 years and, and go and uh, do uh, be a part of a church in Atlanta, or when he directed me to leave Atlanta and come here and, and plant a church here. All those big new things were things where God really brought me back to the importance of this verse and these three important challenges. And you know, at the beginning of this year, once again, God brought me back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Because once again, God was moving and directing me and my family to something new. You know, at the beginning of this year, God started moving in Jenny and my heart to help prepare us as he prepared us all their times in our ministry experience. He started placing Auburn, Alabama on our heart, the place where Jenny grew up, the place where uh, many of her family now lives. And, you know, that place has always been on our heart in the sense of there's family there. But this was something different. This was something new. Uh, this was a stirring in our heart to possibly move there, uh, and understand that the whole time we've been married, Jenny's family has been desperate for us to move there, and we never ever considered it because we never felt God was calling us to move there, and the only place that we ever wanted to be was where God has called us to be. So at the beginning of this year, God starts stirring Jenny's heart and my heart and, you know, towards Auburn, to Alabama, and being near family there. And then all of a sudden, God opened some big doors that were quite a, a big surprise to Jenny, quite a big surprise to myself, which just kind of made us step back even more and say, all right, Lord, is this you? Are you opening these doors, or is this this something else? And so it caused us to pray. Uh, it caused us to really consider this uh, all the more. And we really spent a couple months just praying for God's direction, praying and seeking, Lord, is this you? Or if it's not, and if it's not, that's fine. Let's just move on. If it's you, we want to hear you. We want to be faithful to anything that you're doing. And after praying for a couple months, we just continued to feel like, you know, the Lord's doing something. And so I, I brought this to the elders and deacons of our church and just to let them know, hey, this is something we're praying about. We're not confident one way or the other right now. We're just praying for the Lord's direction that this could be something that he's doing. I asked them to be praying for us and that the Lord would give clear direction uh, and also that the Lord would give quick direction, which doesn't always happen, but, you know, just that God would speak. Uh, and, you know, within a few weeks, which was a, another surprise to Jenny and I, the Lord just brought clear confirmation uh, to us that he was calling us uh, to move to uh, Auburn uh, and to start a church there. And, you know, this was... As it's been many times, whenever God moves, very, very difficult, difficult direction because we love you guys so much. You know, the thought of leaving here, the thought of leaving you, the thought of leaving this church, the thought of leaving our life here uh, has been a very hard thing to process. You know, we have loved our time here. We definitely don't want to see our time here come to an end and really because of that, I was struggling. I was struggling with the temptation of trusting in myself instead of the Lord. Leaning on my own understanding. Well, Lord, maybe this or maybe that. And God is like, no, you, you got you to gotta lean on my understanding and to acknowledge myself instead of the Lord. And, but you know, these many, many years that God has directed me and brought me back to these truths has helped me know you got to trust me. You got to lean on me. You got to acknowledge me. And that's what my family and I are doing in this situation. And it is hard for us to depart. But we feel the most important thing that we can do 
is follow what God is leading us to do. And we want to be an example to you of stepping out in faith, an example of trusting the Lord. We've been looking at examples in the Word and in Hebrews 11, and we want to be those examples as well. That even when it's hard, even when you're being asked to leave people that you love, and even as I was reading and studying through and looking at Abraham and Sarah and just thinking, you know, we kind of miss that sometimes of all the people that God was asking them to, to depart from, people that they grew up with, people that they loved. And, and it's a difficult thing to say, all right, Lord, I'm going to go and I'm going to leave all this and follow where you're head, leading me to. And so once the Lord made that clear to Jenny and I, I, I met with the elders and deacons again. I, I let them know that the Lord had answered and gave clarity um, and so we started praying about and preparing for the transition of this church to a new pastor. We definitely believe, you know, something that Chuck Smith, the, the founder of the Calvary Chapel movement, would always say is where God guides, he provides. And we believe that God is guiding my family to Auburn to start a church there. And when we believe that God is going to provide someone to lead the church and pastor the church here and you know, each one of the elders, each one of the deacons are, are, are fully committed to the transition of this church and helping it to go as smoothly as possible. You know, we've been meeting with and interviewing potential candidates to take over the church, and we've been putting a lot of time in prayer, uh, a lot of time in just asking God to direct us to, you know, what He has, who He has, who's the next man uh, to take over this church. And, you know, we're confident that God's going to make that very clear to us as leaders, uh, we also feel that God's going to make that very clear to the man that he has uh, to be the new pastor of this church. And when God makes that clear, uh, we're going to let you know. We're going to introduce you uh, to who God has to continue this work. And um, my family and my last Sunday here is going to be on August 8th. We're moving on August 9th. And so we have four more Sundays uh, that we have together. And uh, if the Lord has not revealed by that time who the next person is to take on this church, that's our prayer that he would. And if it's not in that time frame, uh, our leadership has a plan in place. Uh, the leaders of our church, plus with the help of some local pastors as well, uh, will make sure that the things in this church continue, the services continue, uh, until the Lord makes it clear uh, who the man is to take over the church. Uh, I'm sure that some of you have more questions, uh, and you know, I'd be happy after the service to answer any questions that you have to the best of my ability. But, you know, we're going to give updates in the coming weeks as the Lord kind of opens up doors and the Lord reveals things and speaks to us. And anything new that happens, we're going to uh, communicate that to you guys. And um, I know that this is difficult news uh, to process. It was definitely difficult news for Jenny and I to process these last several months and, you know, when we really felt like the Lord leading us, then it was a really difficult thing to kind of have to deal with. But you know what? I just want to encourage you, you know, something that the Lord's been encouraging me is God's doing something in all of this. He's doing something special. I don't think he's just doing something with us. I believe he has something special for this church. I believe that he has a future for this church. I believe that he has a man that he has chosen to pastor this church. Uh, and I think it's time for all of us to take what we've been looking at this morning in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and put it into practice in this particular situation that we're in as a church. You know, we need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart in this situation. We need to lean on God's understanding, not our own understanding in this situation. And we need to acknowledge God in all our ways in this situation. You know, 
I believe God's going to provide for this church exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we can ask, all that we can think, but we just need to trust Him. And I know that can be difficult. I know that this is maybe one of those circumstances where the Lord's really going to challenge you. Are you willing to trust me in this? Are you willing to lean on my understanding in this? Are you willing to acknowledge me in this? This is a great opportunity for us to to grow, for us to spend time in prayer, for us to spend time with the Lord and allow Him to minister to us and through us in this. And, you know, there's a lot I want to share about how much you guys have meant to my wife and I, and I I have several more Sundays to, to get into that. And so I just want to this morning just let you know how much we love each one of you. And, you know, one of the reasons that we've chosen this Sunday uh, with not everything lined up yet just to share is because we want time, you know, with your knowledge that, you know, we are departing to spend time with you. Uh, so we'd love to get time with each one of you uh, in this next month personally, uh, just to spend time with you. And uh, we would really treasure that. And so I just want to pray and end this and just asking God to help us with this transition, but really just to put into practice Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust Him, to lean on His understanding, to acknowledge Him, and that He would comfort, that He would help, that He would uh, just direct and raise up you know, the future man to take over this church. And so let's just close in a word of prayer. Father, we, we're grateful that You are in control, but sometimes we struggle struggle with direction, struggle with things that you ask us to step out and do that go against maybe things that we desire or things that are hard. And Lord, we just ask in this circumstance, you would help us, help us grow in our trust. Lord, that we would trust you completely in this and not in ourselves. Lord, I just pray where there are so many questions and so many thoughts, Lord, that ultimately we would lean on your understanding and not our own. And God, I just pray that we would acknowledge you, acknowledge the work you're doing, acknowledge the work that you've done. And Lord, I don't believe that you're done. I don't believe that this is the end. Lord, that you have more for this fellowship, that you have another man to take this, Lord. And we just trust that you will provide, Lord, as you are guiding and directing my family and I, that you will guide and direct uh, for this church, Lord, as you did when I transition the church in Scotland, Lord, that you will do uh, for this church as well, God. And so we just look to you. We want to trust. We want to lean. We want to acknowledge, Lord. And if we're struggling in that, we just pray for your help. We pray that you would bring peace. You would bring comfort. Lord, as it's always difficult for relationships that are family, that have love and depth to them, Lord, to to know that there will be a departure is hard, and we just pray for you to help us, Lord, to comfort us. Uh, And we are grateful for the many years that we've had together. And God, we just pray that you would bless uh, the remainder of our time uh, with my family and I here, Lord, and we look forward to what you're going to do in the future as well. And so we just pray for your peace that surpasses understanding. We pray for your comfort. We pray that you would just move in a powerful way Uh, and work this transition for your glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to have the worship team come on up and close us in a couple songs or one song of worship. Um, 
Two announcements. One is just a practical need that I wanted to let you guys know about. Um, Jessica Gomez, she recently had surgery. Uh, and when you have surgery, obviously, oftentimes you need to have rehabilitation. And her surgery has made it so she can't drive. Uh, and so she's asked if, you know, if there's anybody who could help get her to physical therapy and back, um, you know, or several people. So if that's something that you'd be interested in providing, you know, a ride for her so that she can have that physical therapy, uh, just come after the service, let me know. I will give you her contact information. You can work that out with her and her schedule and see if that would work for you. Uh, and then Thursday night, uh, once again at the Weldons, uh, we're gonna continue with our chosen series and um, six o'clock, we're gonna have a meal. My family and I would be there, so uh, we'd love to get to fellowship with you guys as much as possible, so I uh, hope you can come out and make that as well. So let's stand and worship the Lord together.